all right, back here on the island, and you know, uh, Brandon and I own houses. Well, we were paying on houses in the Columbus area. Maybe we don't own them yet, but there's some great news for us. And, and Craig, um, you got to get in too. You got to buy a house down here in Columbus. Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked over the last couple months how uh, home prices are rising down here in Columbus. Well, there was an update yesterday. They're up 18% more uh, in May, and they're selling out in record time. Uh, the medium price of a Central Ohio home uh, rose. It was 233000 last May, 275000 this May. And, you know, I think part of it, you know, with COVID, uh, people aren't moving as, as much. I mean, you know, people still move, but I think it's more necessity than just based on, hey, I want another house. Um, what do you think, Brandon? I mean, we're still paying our houses. We don't own them yet. But are you excited about this news? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, are you ready to sell your house in Columbus, Brandon? Sorry, one more time. <laughs> well, are you ready to sell your house in Columbus? It's going up 18%. Uh, probably never sell, actually. Um, but, um, um, yeah, I mean, even though it's finally, I got a Redfin report on my email. I don't know. I get them every, I get them now. I don't know why, but, um, well, I, I probably, because I was looking at when we, I got them when we were looking at the house we ended up buying, and it was like, it kept going up and up and it's finally for the summertime it's hit up to hundred thousand dollars or a little just over that so um my wife's like and that that's not really accurate um so our house could be probably up more hundred forty five thousand, not including really um uh other other uh, amenities of the house so um that you know i think that um uh, you know, so um, probably not interested in selling ever. Um, looking to own it and pay it off the mortgage, like everyone else, I'm sure. But um, yeah, housing market in Columbus is hot. Um, not sure how it is up in Fremont, Craig. <laughs> but but uh, yeah. well, it's a, I mean, that's that sounds like uh, you know great news for everybody, except for people that you know, especially in Columbus, I guess they can't afford a. $250,000 house, but, uh, you know, the housing market seems to be flush up here too, as far as, you know, they're, they're building new, uh, uh, new community homes and, and places like that here in the Fremont area where I cover. So, you know, the, the market seems to be, uh, you know, seems to be pretty ripe right now everywhere. Are you guys getting calls and Craig, you're running right where you're yeah. at now? Yeah. Okay. So you probably aren't getting these calls, but Brandon, are you, are you getting calls from people like these sell marketers saying, "Hey, are you ready to sell your house? We'll give you a cash <laughs> offer." Have I gotten like a cash offer or something? You said. Well, you well there's sell marketing calls where there's people who are looking to buy houses in the Columbus area, and probably other areas too. So they'll hire a telemarketer call and say, "Hey, are you interested in selling your house?" Yeah, I think I gotten those before. Um, well, not as frequent. But or text messages, they now do text message, Chris. They've gotten uh, much more advanced now. I next mean, thing, in, next thing you know, oh. they'll 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 still try to reach me out to me through my Alexa. Well, I'm getting like three a day, 
And, you know, and it comes through as a 614 number. So even if I don't recognize them, I'm like, hey, I live here, I work here, you know, I probably should pick up. I mean, it doesn't come through with some, like, weird telemarketing number. And, you know, I get to the place, and I know these guys are trying to do their job. I mean, it's a job out there. But I, I, I just get sarcastic. I'm like, yeah, a billion dollars. Now, I'll sell it to you right now. And they hang up and everything. But, man, it's crazy. And maybe it's crazy because the story is like this. I mean, the housing market's hot. I know, um, we, uh, Craig, you and I were talking, what was it, about a couple of weeks ago, where they had some crazy stories saying the onus is on the buyers now. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to pay for closing costs. You have to pay for um, all the repairs on the house that might come up during inspection. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, I remember Craig was like, why do this? So, you know, Brandon, I, I guess if and I know you're in saying your home, which is great, but, um, you know, it's probably not even worth moving right now, even if our house is at a higher level, because unless you leave the area and go to the area, the houses aren't worth as much. I, I mean, it, it's a tough time to buy right now. Um, Yeah, I don't know if it's time to buy. It's probably well, a uh, tough time to buy. I guess I mean. Yeah, it, it would be a very tough time. I mean, um, not a lot of affordable housing going on. I mean, heck, you know, I live in a probably kind of a dodgy area in Columbus, sort of. Not super dodgy, but you know, it's not. It's a. It's a kind of like a neighborhood that's not getting as much love as other parts of Columbus. But um, it's still houses here sell for a lot of money, and it's kind of ridiculous. But. Um, yeah, Brandon lives in Dublin, the dodgy area of town. You know? I don't kidding. live in Dublin. I don't live in Dublin. I'm joking. Oh, gosh. He lives in Murfield uh, Village. He's like, no, oh, not a, dodgy uh, area. Never a suburb. Oh, okay. Never a suburb. All right. All right. Uh, but no, um, um, but yeah, I think it's partly because a lot of people, I think it was kind of, you know, people were, inter- a lot of millennials were kind of interested in, you know, a shorter commute to Columbus, particularly it's a Columbus problem, I think, because without any good public transportation in the city, it's just, it's just like, uh, I think, and then like commute and then that traffic, like, I know it's not as bad as New York, never bad as New York, but it's getting, it's, it's creeping, it's creeping up, you know, the temperature's rising. So I think there's a lot of, there's an appetite for people who want to move to a neighborhood that's not, that's like only 15 minutes away from downtown rather than, 30 to 45 minutes plus uh added time for commuting um so um you know and also downtown is particularly reviving a little bit but it was before prior to the pandemic it's going to be kind of hard to say what's going to happen when when um uh with what with post-podemic uh world will look like especially as we've talked on this cast like about of um uh, you know, remote work becoming more popular, but, um, you know, I think, um, you know, um, um, but yes, bottom line is, you know, people are coming to this area, um, and buying houses, um, and like, um, and I think that's kind of like, and again, it's like, you have to play chess a little bit and say, well, if I buy a home in this area that could potentially revitalize and like be the next, you know, best neighborhood in in Columbus in like twenty plus years or thirty plus years or whatnot. Um, that that might pay off. Then you know, um, it's like it's like the folks who, 
you you wonder you have to kind of be a bit of a historian look like oh of people who made the investment in german village uh all those years ago or the short north or um clintonville i mean um so those kinds of things uh um i um you know uh, kind of had to take a bit of a gamble in that sense Craig, you know, we always say, man, Craig, you got to move down to Columbus. It's probably hard just with, you know, the housing market being as it is. I, I think papers should have, like, journalist housing or a big journalist <laughs> apartment that, you know, they can entice people to come down to. I, I remember I used to work at the News Herald up in Cleveland, one of my first professional jobs, and there was a apartment complex in not a great area of town in Euclid that there was probably – 10 journalists that worked at the paper lived there and it was a journalist housing, but they said, Hey, if you want to save money and don't mind the stuff going on around you, <laughs> go there and <laughs> check it out. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'll pick another place. So I, well, yeah, I mean, I can only with what, with what journalists usually make, I can only imagine what a journalism housing would look like um, and where it would be located, but maybe that's not such a bad idea if we can, all pull together and find a place because it's uh it's you know things are expensive now housing is housing is expensive renting renting is expensive so uh journalists need a little bit of uh of financial aid i think there needs to be like a financial aid package i think for uh for journalists well brandon how about this um you know a lot of these um publications are selling their offices to try to save money keep the publication have a floor for office and then have the other couple floors for people to stay at. It'd be great. Man, it'd be fantastic. Here at the dispatch, we have four floors. Uh, it's a small, it, it's not as wide. I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of room, but there's four floors of room because it can't expand out. It's a, you know what I mean? It's a smaller building where, each floor has a limited number of space, but man, maybe we can make third and fourth floors the well, the fourth floor is the office, you know, the newsroom. We can maybe make the first and second floors like apartments. It'd be great. So. <laughs> well, um, you know, um, for what they pay to try to make a combined, uh, yeah, um, you know home life uh, into one location so we will but we you know um um it's fascinating with um again it's kind of always fun to bring up like how journalists um um are kind of grossly underpaid i mean i saw like it was there was one uh in niagara falls new york a job um sports reporter job or editor job where they had not only covered the high schools they got not only had to had to, you know, you know, cover the university sport there. Um, they also have to be very adept at social media presence and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, the highest they could get paid for all that is $29,000. Um, and it's New York. It's I know it's not New York City necessarily, but I, I can't imagine it being very um, uh, cheap there. So, um, um, so I, I, I kind of kind of makes me shake my head as always when I see that kind of kind of a reality for journalists but uh I don't know if, if uh off maybe offering a 
hey, well, you, your home, your work office, and your and your apartment, we offer that to journalists to join us. <laughs> no, pay me more. <laughs> well, and the, the other problem was like the, you'd have to reconfigure offices to be a place we could live at because unless you just put a sleeping bag on the floor, what else do you do? You know. I mean, I guess you have a bathroom. I think some of those offices actually have a shower that you could use, but it's going to be hard. It won't be that luxurious, I would imagine. So it'll be tough. Well, hey, thanks for checking our segment. Again, support our sponsors. Uh, they're listed right for you where you're uh, – check out the podcast, and we'll see you shortly for another segment. Have a great day. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com. <laughs> 